What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Stakes is High podcast. I am your host, Jones. Uh, welcome to the new listeners. Once again, thank everyone who's returning and has been riding with me since day one, or you just started listening. Uh, I wanted to thank you guys. Um, I'm here live at um, family's house right now, so you may hear some cooking and a little bit of extra going on. It's a New Year's um, celebration going on right now, so um, bear with me on this. But, uh, you know, it's all good. If I'm somewhere and I'm having a good conversation with someone, my equipment's always on deck. So I was having a conversation here uh, with a good brother, and it was very interesting, so I figured, hey, let me go get my podcast, let me go get my equipment, and let's go ahead and do an episode. So uh, here today, like I said, um, good brother, good friend, um, I have Minister Robert C. Smith Jr. What's going on, man? Praise the Lord, everyone. Happy New Year's. How everyone doing? Man, I'm glad uh, glad you made it, man. I didn't think you'd ever do this with me. My God, you know, God <laughs> is amazing, and it's just amazing what we think and how God think is totally different. Good, good, man. Um, me and this brother, uh, we've been had some uh, deep conversations before that lasted probably into 2 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, it's, it's exercise for the brain. But uh, uh, we were just having a conversation just, you know, within um, a few minutes ago. And I figured we might as well go ahead and put it and record it and let's do it live. So um, let's jump straight into it. So. The conversation we were having was um, basically discussing homosexuals in the church. Um, I, I guess I'll let the minister go ahead and kind of express his views on it before we get into it. You know, just directly. What's your views on that? Well, being raised in a church, we was always taught that God house is holy and when it comes to different spirits, different sins, uh, there are certain sins that God does not tolerate in a holiness church. And we were just taught that we uh, separate ourselves from the world. Scriptures say, Bible says, be separate, come off on among them. And when we look at the churches today, uh, there are many talents that the world brings to the church to God's house and there must be a separation when it comes to the world and God's house which is the church so do you think that um, you don't believe in the pray the gay away Uh, well God loves the homosexual meaning that person whether it be a male or female but he hates the sin. And that particular sin is uh, an abomination to God. And God put made it to where a uh, man should be with a woman and a woman should be with a man. So in, in so many words, are you saying that there are levels of sin? Uh, so you have sin and then you have abomination. And if you go over to the book of Proverbs, uh, it says these six things which God hates. And those six things, they were uh, abomination. And we never get to where we say one sin is worse, one sin is better than the other. other. But there are certain sins that we deal with immediately. And homosexuality is one of those sins. So when you say deal with, what do you mean by that? Uh, say like a gentleman wants to come to God's house, the church, uh, in a dress. Uh, I believe that that distracts the attention and the movement of God. Yeah, before we before we go any further, man, let's go ahead and um, go ahead and plug your church. I, I guess I should have asked you the church that you attend or the church that you you minister at. Let's go ahead and uh, get that. We may need get some, some new members coming. So wh- wh- where is that at? <laughs> yes, sir. It's uh, Pentecost Lighthouse, Apostolic Faith. And uh, the building that we're remodeling is on 2437 Sheldon Street. And while we're in the process of rebuilding that building, we're heard, holding our services at 1844 West 10th Street, which is 10th and Elder. And uh, those of you familiar with the Indianapolis area, that's the west side of Indianapolis, better known as Hogville. Okay, what time service? 
uh, Sunday service starts at 11 o'clock, 11 to 12. It's just a Sunday school. And then shortly after that, which is we go into our worship service. Okay, okay. I guess I should have got that out in the beginning, man. You got to. That's no problem. Some people may love what they're hearing you say right now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. But, you know, getting back to it. So you saying, I, I think that's the extreme of a man wanting to wear a dress. You know, I think that's. Um, I mean, that's possible, most definitely. But what about the the man who's struggling with his homosexuality and wants to come to church for help? Okay. Uh, likewise, that's a pretty simple question. God helps those that uh, really won't help, uh, whether it be a man battling lust, fornication, adultery. Uh, if you won't help, God can save you. God can deliver you. And therefore, so we teach that uh, if an individual truly wants to be helped, delivered, God can change that person, whether it be male dealing with homosexuality or female dealing with the uh, same thing. So if a, if a, if a gay person, homosexuality, homosexual person comes to your church and um, you find out they're gay, yes, sir. how would you handle that? Uh, we let them come into the service and... Uh, give his testimony, ask for prayer, and we deal with him according to the scriptures. And we're not here to beat up, beat down any individual uh, because we all, scriptures say we all were born and shaped into iniquity. So we don't just say, oh, you gay, you can't come. Oh, you fighting adultery, you can't come to this church. No, 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 no. We let everybody come in and uh, teach them the word of God and pray for that individual and that God have his way with that person. So I think what we, I think the conversation we were having beforehand is just like the, the rumor of an individual being gay. See now, right now we're just talking about the baseline of just someone coming out saying they're gay out the closet gay. But if you're dealing with an individual, let's just rumor that he's gay and you approach that individual However, you know, someone else approaches him and he expresses it. Yes, I am. But, you know, he's not living the stereotypical I'm out gay, showing it, switching, twitching, whatever you want to call it. But he's a hard worker in your church and he's there paying his tithes. He's praying. What makes him different than an individual who's struggling with another sin that comes to church? For some reason... God blessed us to see 2016. We're just coming out of 2015. And we see the different laws that are being changed. And a homosexual is no different than a male that's straight and dealing with fornication. Uh, might be married, dealing with uh, adultery, staying with his wife, husband, either way. It's something about a homosexual. Uh, it's a strong hold on an individual. And that's a strong spirit in the church. And with that strong spirit, very powerful spirit, uh, most homosexuals, and I say most, the ones I've dealt with, uh, because someone would fight me on that and be like different, uh, we've come to find out that they believe they can be, have the Holy Ghost and still be a homosexual. And the Word of God is totally against that. Okay, so <clears throat> this individual who's uh, a homosexual, as you say, what makes him? I I my, what I guess where I'm trying to get at I'm getting at is what makes him, you know, different as far as looked up, as far as looked on up in the church as a man who's sitting up next to his wife cheating on her every day, or um, an individual who's been married and divorced five six times and you know who, what makes that person acceptable to be in the church and this homosexual homosexual look down upon i believe the infidelity of a man and woman married uh, that could be looked upon and the scripture that comes to my mind is know those that labor among you and the churches nowadays, they're two and three hundred, four and five hundred deep. And to me, it's kind of impossible for the men of God 
to actually be praying and fasting for those 400 members. And usually when you're dealing with a small number, uh, the man of God, he can go to God and God will give him what each individual is going through. And therefore, his message will come from God. And the scriptures say the word is like a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. So you, well, I, I think, okay, so you're saying like the the number, I know, and this is a conversation that we always have. We debate back and forth as far as a small church versus mega church. But getting to where I was saying is like, so you're saying if the there's individuals in the church that can go pray and focus on the individuals as you guys hear there's some chicken going on in the background so <laughs> sorry about that but you think there's individuals that can focus in on the people who's having the marital issues or the what other other issues other than being homosexual uh, when you say the word of God cuts both ways the man of God has a job and the man of God, you have a 5-4 ministry, you have apostles, you have pastors, you have elders, prophetess. And in your church today, uh, all of these sins, these abominations, uh, God gives this to those particular individuals. And what they do is they report to the man of God that all this unrighteousness, uh, adultery, uh, uh, fornicating uh, homosexuality is being committed among the members in the God's house and sin must be dealt with because sin is what separates us from God what about greed all of it so so if you so if you like I said how, how would you approach or how would you deal with once you find out that there's an individual in your church that was homosexual, what, how would you approach that situation? If a man's already admitted it, he's, he says, yes, I am, what, what's your approach? What do you say to him? That's a very So Johnny's gay. And Johnny's saying, hey, yeah, I am. I've been this way since I was born. What do you do to him? Or what do you say to him? Jones, that's a very, very powerful question to ask. Because, number one, I would have to go into my secret closet on the altar and I would pray and ask God to give me the reasoning to deal with uh, that male who might be battling homosexuality or that female that's battling. And usually uh, that must be taught and preached over the pulpit. And if a person is a homosexual he or she is not going to stay or feel comfortable in an atmosphere where there is strictly holiness. And holiness, which is you're on the God side, the lower side, I should say, and then you have the devil side. And usually when people are battling sin, going through a sinful, powerful situation, they dwell or pray, P-R-E-Y, on the churches that don't teach much on homosexuality or don't preach much on sin. My question is though, isn't a, isn't the church a place for recovery? Isn't this where you come when you, when you need help, when you, when you're seeking out, you know, forgiveness or whatever, you know, whatever you're struggling with, whatever level of, I, I guess I shouldn't say level of sin, but whatever sin you're dealing with, isn't the church a place for that? Yes, sir. And when you look for, you use the word. Uh, Isn't it a hospital for that? Hospital. I don't like to use that word hospital because God is a healer and God is a deliverer. So when you look at relief, a person coming to a church and he's battling sin, he or she should want to be delivered. And when you delivered, uh, that's what draws you closer and closer to God. And I, and I guess I use it as a, a metaphorically when I say hospital, because I think when you are sick, 
in a sense, that's, you know, the metaphorically, you say you go to the hospital to get healed, you seek the doctor. So I think, you know, week in and week out, you know, when, when we do attend church, we're attending with other other members that may be going through some of the same things we went through throughout the week. It's a place of fellowship to where now I'm joining other members, like-minded Christians, you know, especially when you join a church that you're comfortable with. So, and I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from on the hospital and metaphorically speaking, you know? Yes, sir. And I like the way you said join Uh, a lot of time individuals are not taught properly so they go out and they join a church and they're not properly taught that over on holiness side we don't join churches we are birthed into the kingdom of God and therefore there must be a separation between a saint of God and a person that has not been converted over to a saint. So, I, when you, it sounds like you're talking about two different things because when you become, it sounds like when you're saying to me, when I say join a church, it means you establish a membership at that church. Yes, now, sir. becoming a Christian, it sounds like you're saying becoming a Christian versus joining a church. When I become a member of a church, I join, I become a member, I'm, a, I'm able to sit in and talk, be a part of church business. This is the place I'm paying my tithes. This is the place that I call home. Now, when you become a Christian, that seems, is, is that more what you're talking about? Because, you know what I mean? Like, if you were to leave your church and you want to become a member somewhere else don't you have to become a member of that church uh when i use the word member a member is an individual uh he's been baptized and god has filled that particular person with the holy ghost and once god has filled an individual with the holy ghost and that's with the evidence of speaking in tongue, uh, then that person, those peoples, are qualified to become members of a church. When you say uh, members and um, I'm in the world, I'm struggling, I haven't been converted over to a Christian, uh, a sinner can't join God's house. No, no, I don't. I mean, wait, what do you mean a sinner can't join? Glad you asked. A person that has not received the Holy Ghost, he or she cannot be a part of God's ministry because there's a separation between a sinner and a saint. No, I think it's I think with most churches, you have to be you have to be saved and be a Christian before you join, you can't just say, Oh, I'm going to join this church. You know, most of them have a process that you go through, you know, and then if you haven't been baptized and you have to become and dedicate your life to Christ before you become a member of most churches. I don't think, I mean, I don't think anyone can just be like, yeah, I'm just a church. You know, anyone can just come to church, but once you become a member, it's totally different. You have, there's different, um, privileges you have once you become a member of a church. And what I mean by that is when you start talking about members, as far as when you pay your tithes, you know, um, that's where you're paying your tithes to even just getting a little bit deeper on the business side, you know, you start having, when you file your taxes, being a member of that church, you get your tax forms at the end of the year, they get, they mail them to you, all those type of things. And but what you're, I think what you're saying is, being a Christian and being saved on the manner of however you, whatever, whatever manner it is that you, you feel, you feel that was saving you and becoming, you becoming a, a Christian born again or however, that's totally different than I think with what I'm saying as far as being a member. Uh, But you have to be that to join a church. Most churches are that way. Most churches, they uh, take advantage of people, and God's going to get them. 
they take advantage of people's an individual ignorance. And if a person is ignorant, he or she must be educated on the word of God. And one thing I would love to make clear here while I'm on the air, because I might not make it back again. A sinner cannot join a church. And I, I'm going to repeat that. A sinner cannot join a congregation. He cannot be a part of a holiness church. He can come to church. He can give a testimony. He can even give a prayer request. And what has happened over the years is uh, the churches have allowed sinners uh, with their gifts and their talent to participate. And now the world doesn't know who's a child of God and who's a child of the devil. See, I think what you're, I mean, I, I think we can somewhat agree on when you say, I think you, before you become a member, yes, like I said, you have to, most churches, I can't speak for all because there's a million and one churches here in the city or across this nation, but most churches, you have to, on a Christian, and I'm speaking from Christianity, most churches, all the churches that I've attended, you have to be a born again Christian where you say, I accept that Jesus is the, you know, Jesus is the head of my life, you know, been baptized or however, you know, baptized in Jesus name, how, you know, all that. But you're right. I don't think that you're right. That people who haven't, they still can come to church. They still can have prayer requests. You know, they still can attend church, but it's different becoming a member. Now, what I want to get to, I mean, you know, we can stick on that for probably, probably hours. But what I want to get to is uh, mega churches versus small churches. I know you are anti mega church for whatever reason. I don't understand, but well, well, help me understand. <laughs> okay, for, for me, I, Moses knew God, and Moses was God right hand man. And if you got close to Moses, you was very close to God. And I see and hear uh, in the world today, at my job, at other churches, a lot of people leave churches and they say, well, I want a one-on-one friendship. I want a one-on-one relationship. And maybe I shouldn't be so easy to use that word friendship, but relationship with my pastor. And if a pastor has 300 members, and I'm very aware of this today, uh, pastors say, well, I got too many people. I I can't possibly pray for all 500 of those members. I can't actually fast for all 500 of those members or the people that are coming to that congregation because those problems would wear the man of God out. Their problems would kill the man of God. And the reason I use the prophet Moses is because uh, Moses' father-in-law was told by God, tell Moses to divide the people up. This is not wise what you do, Moses. Divide the people up and put one man over these people, Moses. So, okay, if that's if here's my question. I'm glad that Moses and I'm glad that Jesus didn't think like you. Okay. if Jesus, if Moses and Jesus, either one of them were anti-mega church the word of god wouldn't have got spread jesus and moses wanted many when jesus when moses led when when moses led people he led thousands he didn't lead 12 people at a small little little small church in a house when he led them through the red sea 
in history, you know, I guess there's been history of saying it wasn't the Red Sea, but we're not going to get into that, you know. But however, we understand where I'm going with this. There wasn't 12 people following him. There wasn't a small church. There were thousands. So if Moses was anti-mega church or anti-big church or whatever you want to say, the word of God would have been spread the the word would have been spread amongst small. God didn't care. He wanted twelve people. He wanted twelve thousand people. So if a mega a church a man in a mega church, that's why you have so many spiritual leaders in mega churches that will and can help that leader of that church. Every leader needs someone there with them to help them lead. One person don't lead alone. That's regardless if you want to look at a football team. That's regardless if you want to look at a church. That's regardless if you want to look at a business. A CEO needs a CEO at Walmart. He needs so many people with him to have this major corporation. When you go into the book of Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, uh, a trip that was supposed to take a couple weeks, couple days, it ended up taking 40 years. Catch this. A trip that was supposed to take two weeks ended up taking 40 long years. And the reason this trip took 40 years is because when Moses went in the mountains and Talk to God when Moses went in the mountains to pray and fast for the people. When Moses came out, the people were committing all sorts of abominations. They would turn into other gods, and this really angered God. And God wasn't happy at this particular time. So when churches don't teach uh, the reason. God told Moses to divide the people up. Then the church walk around ignorant and the church walk uh, around dysfunctional. And I would say that that church doesn't have a relationship with God. When Moses came out of the mountains, uh, as you stated, it was tens and twenties and thirties and forty thousands of people. And God was good to all these people. He brought them out. He fed them real good. He gave them the best of food, the best of clothing, if you must say. And the people still wasn't happy. They still was complaining and still all these uh, acts of sin. So Jethro, he said, Moses, uh, let me tell you something that is very wise. And this is in your Bible. This is in your scripture reading. He said, Moses, what you're doing Check this out, my friend Jones. Jethro said, Moses, what you are doing is not wise. Now, this didn't have nothing to do with Moses. This didn't have nothing to do with Jethro. This didn't have nothing to do with the children of Israel. This was Moses who was God's right-hand man. And what God was letting Moses see was this. Wait a minute. I cannot keep an eye. These three people, your assistant pastor, your suffocant bishop, your elders. Uh, when you say God puts a shepherd over a flock, that's not the elder's job. That's not the assistant pastor's job. The pastor is over them five, six, seven, eight hundred people. Not his help, the bleeder. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think when a, a pastor have assistants and he has elders and he has, you know, other helpers in the church, regardless if it's a youth pastor, regardless if it's a, if it's other people in the church, I'm not saying that they are leaders. You have a leader, yes. but every leader has assistants. So if you have a head coach, you have assistant coaches, you have, you have trainers that build a team that will be able to lead a team for and i always tell you this if i'm staying at a church that's only have 12 people for for i'm looking i've been here five years and we only got 12 13 people we're not doing something right because when we are going out 
We over here doing great things in my church. We're leading by example. My leader is giving us great insight. I'm bringing two people. Those two people bringing two people. A church is made to be built. It's, it, you grow. You grow. You go out into the community and spread that word. If, like I said, if I'm if I'm at a church with twelve people, and it's only been twelve people, and we be, I've been at this church five years, something ain't right. Something ain't right, and I totally, totally, totally agree. But the Bible says where there's two or more join in my name. The spirit of the Lord is there. Now, when I look at the churches today, my friend, I look at how some pastors have uh, accumulated large, very large memberships, accumulate a great amount of wealth, and they have also accumulated a great amount of riches. And scriptures say, seldom will a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. And what I mean by that is, let me say it like this. I often wonder when I look at all the projects, the motherless, the kids growing up without fathers, poverty in just the city of Indianapolis. I just wonder if some of these large congregations that are raking in the money. uh, One church I'm very familiar with. They have four mega churches. We'll say three. Three out of the four is mega the churches are like three to five to ten million dollars. Well, when I ride around the east side, the south side, west, north side of Indianapolis, I say, well, where is the wealth? Where is the church at when these projects, when the uh, city of Indianapolis at a all time high male, black male violence? See, man, I, I guess I I guess I know this is a conversation we've had before and. I go to somewhat a large church. We have two services. And what I can say is that my church does a lot in the community. Um, we do a lot in the community. But I just think that at the at the end of the day, you know, we have food pantries. We have clothing giveaways. You know, matter of fact, my pastor just became um, uh, deputy mayor. Um, and I think that you have to say when you look at churches and I, I agree with you, I think a lot of churches have become a lot of churches have become prosperity preaching churches that has nothing to do with mega versus small. I think small churches are as guilty as mega churches when it comes to um, when it comes to the business sense. But I think it's unfair to say that how much is enough for a mega church. What what do you think a mega church? And we've had this coming. What what do you think they're supposed to? And I think I know you. I, I guess. Let's be fair. You talking about Eastern Star? Well, I, I okay. You don't want okay. Let's well, let, the Lord let's me not okay, put okay, my okay, okay. lips on. Well, this. how about <laughs> this? How about this? I'll say Eastern Star. Okay. You're not saying I'm saying I'm not saying that's a church you were talking about. I'm just using them as an example because they are an African-American major church that has, you know, a few churches. I think they have three. Yeah, three. But I guarantee you, if we look at what they do towards for the community, Mm -hmm. I bet I bet I bet I bet they donate thousands and thousands of dollars towards the community. But my thing is this, like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't you still can only do so much without individuals wanting to change themselves. You can give millions of, if, if say, say, say Eastern star didn't make a profit this year, they took a loss. They gave every single dollar they had to the black community, East side, West side, wherever crime is still going to be crime. I beg the difference. Man, come on. You got to people going to be people, man. The reason, These thugs are going to be thugs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you look at the statistics, uh, go online, internet, very powerful form of communication. Uh, you look at your local news, which is not as good, and you look at the statistics. They say that crime is at an all-time high because of poverty, because the fathers are not stepping up to the plate, and then the father's complaint is, well, I got into trouble in my young age. I'm 20 with five felonies, 25, three or four felonies, 30. I've been locked up. I'm just getting out of incarceration. And when we look at 
your mega churches. And when I say the mega churches, I'm not just speaking of just one. I'm speaking of all your spiritual leaders. And this is when I go by. This is what I mean when I make the comment, make the statement. A church in the will of God. See, if all the churches was really hearing from God, it seemed like to me, if this one profit two million, this one profit two million, and I'm speaking of your churches that have your tithes and offering coming in. And let's face it, Jones, if a man can build a church and it costs $10 million, well, that lets me know that he didn't clear his bank account out to build that organization. He didn't clean his bank account out or the church account out to build that building. So that lets me know that his surplus is real, real loaded up. Well, when you go around here and you look at these black communities and you look at the projects, it doesn't take $10 million uh, to fulfill the need in these communities. But my my argument with that is, like I said, you have to have individuals who want to make a change. You can have millions and millions of dollars. It doesn't matter. You have to have these individuals that want to change, that want to go out for work. Now, let me tell you, I'm a brother. I have two jobs. Mm-hmm. My second job is located on the east side. They have been begging people. I've been there three years begging individuals and you can work there with a felony begging there's no one lining up out of them doors to get a job you know so i i just think that man at the end of the day i i agree if there's if there's churches you know and they can and i and I, i'm almost I would be irresponsible to say that these churches aren't doing anything because I know my church is doing a lot in the community and they continue to do a lot in the community, have a lot planned for the community, trying to do. There's many programs that my church has. And I guarantee, like I said, it'd be irresponsible for me to say that. That a large number of these mega churches aren't doing the same. May I ask you a question, Brother Jones? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Now, you a member of Light of the World Church. Yes, sir. And you pay your tithes and offering. Yes, sir. Uh, are you familiar or have a ballpark figure of how much a year uh, Light of the World brings in as a church? Um, yeah, as a member, you're, you are, um, you have access to that information. They mm-hmm. they do it every year. They're very open with their books to mm-hmm. their members. So that information um, would not be secret. No, no. I mean, to the so members. So if you no. was to give me an estimate of how much that program brings in. Um, I think with, with the programs that we run, and it's not as much as a profit as you would think. With the programs that we run, keeping the lights on every day, um, everyone, you got to think, man, you got 500 members. That don't mean 500 members are paying their tithes. Correct. You know, know what I mean? Those because wouldn't be members. Just as, well, you can have a member not paying their tithes. It just it, it's just something that they have to deal with when it comes to God. You know, my thing is you have to understand you you can hope and and pray that they do. You know, it's their responsibility. But my point of what I'm saying is a lot of people see the number of members that a church have and they just automatically think that all of them are given Given what so, they, so the answer to that question would be to my to okay let me go I'm sorry to answer your question is that the profit of what you think is not what it, it's what, not it's not what you think let me rephrase the question re-ask the question the question was uh you're a member of light of the world yes sir now profit means after the bills are paid the pastor the bishops and the leaders have been paid what is the profit of that organization uh, I think most definitely you're not going to go. I mean, I'm not going to give the exact. You got to. Well, know. give me an estimate. Then. Uh, we don't. We nah, don't. But because I asked you, well, I let said. Me ask, well, let me tell you. I asked, so I said. Well, no reason. OK, let me secret. No, it's not a secret. Oh, okay. I mean, it's 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 member information. <laughs> OK, OK. So, so basically so what I'm saying is member so, information, then it's not 
Uh, no, it's not public. Public. It's not public. Yeah, no, it's not public information. Okay. It's member information. Now, now, so, but let me ask you a question, though. Yes, sir. I mean, I, just, I like, just, just like just like any other, just like. But hold on, let me. Just like any other business, after you do your payout, after you do everything that you need to do, you have to reinvest in yourself. Well, that wasn't my question. No, I'm asking you. There's a profit. Okay. It's not as big as probably what you think, but even with the profit as a business, you reinvest in yourself because you know next year is coming up too. You save, you reinvest. Now, within the profit, the programs of what you're talking about, giving to the community, having many programs, having a food bank, that stuff's already being done. But that's what that was not my question. I answered your question. You want to know an exact? I'm well, not going to give reason, you that. The reason you got to c- become a member over there, brother. Uh, well, <laughs> I, the reason I asked that question is because uh, you want a church to be at zero balance. That's no, not going to happen. No, not zero balance. <laughs> no, let's 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 be fair to each other here. If General Motors can post their profits, if if Eli Lilly can post, well, they're not. They're not. They're not. Um, but wait a minute now. We're not saying what they're, they're not. Pub- they're public. They're public business. What are you talking about? Yeah, and the church is open to what? Nah, the public. No, not business. Yeah, not why their, not? Not finances. Well, why? The, the book because, of Acts said. Because you're, you're open, but when you're talking about finances, mm-hmm. when you're talking about finance, you're talking about a public business that's on the stock market. We're not. Churches aren't that. There's no church that's that's on the stock market. It's non-for-profit organizations. They don't have to. I believe. Pub, they're. They're. Their finances aren't public. Okay. Any church. Now, now I will say I plead the fifth on that so that we don't get tied up on that issue. So I'll, can you go buy stock in Eastern Star? Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, they're not public. Uh, but that's not. That's not. There's, par- there's private businesses. There's non-for-profit. Non there's public. But that's not uh, the question I was asking. And then that wasn't the answer I was looking forward to getting well, you asked for the pro- what you I asked was for the you asked me what was the profit after everything is yeah. is paid now profit we all understand this that's after the pastor the first lady all the bills all the help the uh, Halloween parties at Eastern stars that uh, your Christmas parties uh, your food giveaway we understand that after all of that there had to be some money in the surplus for those particular events to be able to progress, go forward. Is that, Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Now That's most businesses. All businesses. Oh, some failing business don't. Some. Sometimes they, they end the year in a negative. Okay. That's bad business then. Okay. That business is looking forward to a good year, we'll say. Stay with me, Brother Jones. If a church can prove to a financial institute such as Chase Bank, PNC, and forward, then that church has proved, can prove that they have a large amount of surplus coming into their organization. Are you with me? Okay. Okay. So in order, you said Jeffrey Johnson. I wasn't going to say a name. So in order for Jeffrey Johnson to build a $10 million church, a $10 million building, he had to prove to a financial institute that he had that kind of revenue, cash, currency coming into his organization. Are you with me? No, because I don't. I don't know how Jeffrey Johnson. There's church funds. There's building funds. I don't know how Jeffrey okay. Johnson. Now, now that you, you you're don't stuck know. on the Jeffrey Johnson ten million dollar well, church. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute, because you 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 going into an area, and I heard you say. I mean, I can't speak for Jeffrey Johnson. I don't okay. attend that church. Okay. Now, now let me help you out. In order for you to purchase a car, a house. Or possess a credit card. Stay with me, brother. You have to prove that you are financially able, stable to carry the weight. That's not that's not true on all things. Yes, to become to to wait a minute. Now. To, hold on, let me tell you. Let me tell you where. You, well, you yes, me off. go ahead. To have a credit card, mm-hmm. 
you have to present that you have good credit. Okay. To buy a house, mm -hmm. my credit can be subpar, mm -hmm. but, or to build a church, I can come, if this church is, it's going to cost me, you're stuck on the $10 million, $10 million, I can come with, because my church has had a building fund, we've been profiting, we've been making money, I can come with to the bank and say, I have $9 million. Here's cash. Totally different. If I come and I have a card that's $40,000, I come to the bank because someone just left me money off uh, my, my, someone passed. They left me $50,000. I want me a $40,000 card. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the dealership. Here's the $40,000. Okay. Let me. Let, let's, let's, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on that, man. We we've been on. We stand on this for a little long. Well, your your information it wasn't quite accurate, but we'll move on for time's sake. No, I mean you know it just depends. You know cash when, when cash dealing, versus when you're dealing with the church, and you're dealing with untaxed revenue, you you have to be accurate with the information that you're using and putting out there. An organization has to show sufficient amount of paperwork, sufficient amount of equity. Yeah, so, that's, that we, didn't, we didn't disagree on that. We agree on that. Okay, so that's when I was getting for, that's where I was getting at when I said that if a church builds a building, an organization builds a building, $8 million dollars, he just didn't walk up and say, hey, I got $7 million, build me a church. I, my thing is, I don't know. They could have had a building fund. I don't know, man. Well, well, we're not people on the same have, page when we say building fund. No, building he, funds even if he had, if he had a building fund, he, he didn't just walk up there and say, hey, I got $7 million. He showed a financial institute that. Yeah, we've, got, been, we've been saving for our building saving. fund. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Jeffrey Johnson did, though. Okay. So so we'll we'll move on for time's sake. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't I that's I don't I don't attend that church, however they did it. Like I said, and any time that you have a profit as an individual, like if I whoever, whatever, profit, you're gonna most successful businesses most successful businesses are gonna reinvest in themselves. So but anyway, man, um I guess we're just going to get on to, you know, I don't, I don't, like I said, man, I, I just think that when you, if I go to a church that has 12 people for five years, something's wrong, something's wrong. You don't have no youth. You don't have any young adults. You have the same 12 people. Something's, this is almost, this is, I, I probably, I'm probably going to leave the church. Well, let me ask you a question then, Brother Jones. Why don't you think, or why would you, me being a pastor, uh, if God had blessed me, as an example, to be over 500 people, it seemed like to me, I would say... You can't well, do it alone. Well, I mean, it seemed like to me, I would say, uh, Brother Jones, take a hundred of these people and go over there and build God's house. And see, God honors this. But I believe the church is so far away from God that we believe now that uh, one man can have 500 members. This person can have, I think I looked at the Internet uh, here recently. Joe Osteen has 90,000 members. Now, that church brings in over 300 million dollars cash a year now stay with me brother jones you stuck on how much money they bringing in okay, wait a minute wait a minute. I, don't, I don't get to focus on this man okay okay here we go i'm gonna bring you to focus focus your by focus if one church can bring in 350 million dollars and we look at 50 states in america do you know how many people that church should be able to reach and feed and send all these uneducated mothers, uneducated fathers, 
back to school with ease? I mean, I hear you, man. I think that's, uh, like I said, I don't know what Joe Olstein, I don't know what programs they have. I don't know what they do. So it's, it, like I said, once again, and it'd be very irresponsible for me to, to give any comment on that. I don't know what they do. I can't just look on uh, the internet and be like, they make this much money. They should be doing this. I don't know. For my, but my thing is this, my thing is, go ahead. My thing is, I don't know how much they pay in taxes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Zero, zero, zero. No, what I'm saying is, I don't know. I don't know what they do financially with their church. The thing is, when you made a comment on mega churches or large churches, the only thing I can do is speak for the church that I attend. Okay. And I know the programs that they have. I know what they give back to the community. I know every single day they have every single every single day they have something going on that's outreach to the community. I know for a fact that Joe Osteen, I don't know. Jeffrey Johnson, I don't know. I don't know. Now, could they just here show up with a check? Here's from Joe Osteen's church. That's not reality. That's not even. I don't. I don't even know. I. I that's 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 not. I don't know, man. That's me, that don't make Jones, sense to me, you know. Me, brother Jones. I beg the difference, and most saints of God would back me up on this. Beg the difference on what, though? On, you can't on speak this, on their finances. What programs does Joe I, Osteen Church have? I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Well, I'm at, let me ask you a question. What programs does Joe Osteen's church have? Uh, Joe would get on the television as no, I've what, seen him. What programs does he have? And he says they have the overseas, they feed the hunger. <laughs> they send money to the uh, what we would call your Wheeler Mission. and they. So what's the programs called? Feed the needy, help yeah, the needy. Are you making up stuff? <laughs> no, this is, this is actually No, but what I'm saying is we... I think it's very irresponsible to make comment on well, these are not how comments. this man. These are true statements. No, you don't. You can't give me one name, one program that he has. I just he for has what city? What city is Joe Osteen in? Texas. No city. Houston. So what program in Houston that Joe Osteen's church head up? That's a specific program. Do you know of one? Not feed the needy. That's 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 so blanket. Everybody well, feed well, the all needy. the churches who's bringing in that kind of money. They're not going to tell you specifically. Yes, they are. But I can look up on the internet right now and well, Joe Osteen and be like, Joe Osteen send single parents to, to college. I guarantee you I can look that up right okay. now. Now, here's where I'm at, Brother Jones. There's a difference in a 12-member church bringing in $1,000 a month, $1,000 a week, $52,000 a year, and a church bringing in 52 million dollars so cash you're, so you're yeah. focused on the money of it no I'm, I'm focused because see the bible says uh the love of money is the root the love and money changes an individual so therefore when god blesses an organization a church with an amount of wealth i'm reminded of the scripture in the bible god told the individual he said Give all your riches away. Then will I accept you. And the individual could not give all his riches away. So here's where I'm at when I say money. If you look at Joe Osteen, you look at Creffel Dollar, you look at all these churches, Noel Jones, Ellis, uh, these churches that are bringing in that kind of money. Do you understand the integrity of my conversation when I say if they would help one ghetto a year, two ghettos a year? I don't, Robert, I, I, I can't. I can't continue this conversation because it's an irresponsible conversation. You can't sit here and tell me exactly that you know what these churches do. You're basing it off your emotions of being anti-mega church. Now, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't I have that. I was waiting on you to say that. I can't have that now, conversation. Now, here man. go your answer, Brother Jones. Warren Buffett 
do your research on this because the Bible says talk that you know. Warren Buffett doesn't live in the city of Indianapolis. Are you with me? Yeah, we've had this conversation before. Okay. Jeffrey Johnson, Pastor Sullivan, Christ Temple, Grace Church, Bishop Thompson, Zion, Mount Zion, none of them churches collaborated in the city of Indianapolis and rebuilt an apartments for the poor. Are you with me? I I can't I can't sit here and say I I hear you. I don't I can't okay. I don't know now, what they doing. Exactly. Now, this Bible says talk that you know. So in order for me to talk this, I have to know that this is true. So stay with me. Warren Buffett to all my listeners out there went on 38th Street, East 38th Street, and he took a ghetto area and he rebuilt this area in the city of Indianapolis. Now, to my knowledge, I never even heard of any pastor, any spiritual leader in the city of Indianapolis doing anything like that or even close to that. Are you with me, Brother Jones? Uh, like I said, man, I, I hear... <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you on what Warren Buffett did, but it'd be very irresponsible for me to say that no pastor in the city has done that. Okay, Ferris did it over at uh, after he passed. Doctor Griffin, they built some retirement home apartments for the senior citizen. I believe. That's I don't know what other pastors have. You know, uh, in the real estate game, have invested. I can't speak on that, man. Okay. Now, now I, all I know is you I'll, can't, but that allows me. No, you can't. So speak. you know exactly what real estate investments that Jeffrey Johnson, that Pastor Hampton, that any of these other pastors, you know exactly that there's been any any other investments that they that they have made. You know all that. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the reason why oh, I say that is because if you look at the city of Indianapolis. Over about your last 5, 10, uh, 15 years, uh, your projects, your low-income areas, there have not been uh, major developments in those areas. As a matter of fact, crime has risen. Well, what does is, what is, what is those Warren Buffett apartments look like now? Uh, I was by there a few months ago, and they still look... Uh, I rode by, and they look pretty... They, they still look struggling. <laughs> uh, I beg the difference because I, I looked at them and I said, wait a minute. They haven't tore these apartments up yet. So I yeah, see well, where you're going and I'm agreeing with you. Well, let me let me let me let me close this because we're getting to our to our hour. And um, usually I try to keep them at an hour. But I mean, you know, we could keep on going with this. Lord have mercy. That like, was a quick hour. Like I said, I, I can't in fairness be irresponsible in some of the conversations of saying i know what these guys did i don't know um yeah i i guess you know joe Osteen can send a check to all of us i wish he'd send me a check but in fairness you know i can't i i i guess i can look up some programs and speak on them next week and talk about some of the programs that he have and you know and maybe we can come back and have this conversation with a little bit more details but, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get on the topics of, you know, gays being in church and we kind of we kind of went off on another one. But that's good. That's just conversation. Good conversation. Mega churches versus smaller churches. But, uh, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on, having uh, this good dialogue, a conversation. And hopefully you come back, man. God bless you. I uh, appreciate you sitting down, talking with me, communicating with the community. Yeah, give them your church church name and, and address and once everything. Once again, Minister Robert C. Smith, Jr., Pentecost Lighthouse, Apostolic Faith, 2437 Sheldon Street. And we're having service at 1844 West 10th Street. And that's on the west side of Indianapolis, 1844 West 10th Street, better known as Hogville, 10th and Elder, right there on the corner. More than welcome. All right, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stakes is high. Peace. God bless you.